0: This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. I'm Sean Helch, and I'm joined by Dan Gillette and Tim Barley. We each serve in different roles at Valley Bible Church. And without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. All right, welcome back to another Behold episode. Um, this is Sean and Dan, as always, and then we also have the wonderful, the illustrious, the executive, Mister Tim Barley. Say hi, Tim.
1: Hi, woo! Tim Barley in the house. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good vibe going uh, on today. Yeah, it is. I can feel it myself.
0: It's always an exciting day when Reverend Barley is is around. So before we get into it, let's just do a quick little check-in, uh, mostly on you, Tim, because it's been a few weeks since you've been on the podcast. Tell all of our eager, chomping at the bit listeners uh, what's happened in the life of, of Tim Barley. I feel like you're like an, an international man of mystery sometimes.
2: I don't like to be mysterious. Uh, uh, you know, I am so excited, you know, and I, and I, and I know this is these are tough days for a lot of people, but souls are getting saved. You know, lives are being transformed before our very eyes. God is moving, and it, it's a privilege to be a part of that, to watch it, to participate in it. And yeah, this past weekend, was able to um, meet with a, a guy who had his heart sealed off to Jesus and said, I'm done. I'm, 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 I'm ready. I'm ready to ask Christ to be my Savior. And, you know, just Beautiful. In the midst of a pandemic and everything else is going on to to be able to to see new life in Christ is wonderful and yeah, makes it all worthwhile
1: it's what it's all about for it is. sure it is man it is yeah, and it was so encouraging just to you know Tim just to be part of the process to be able to pray and you you reached out to me and some some other guys and and just said, "Hey, this is what's going on, talking with this guy and and just to be able to to partner in prayer and and that's such a, an, an important, essential aspect of evangelism that I think sometimes we forget is to, you know, when, when people come to the Lord, it's because he's drawing them. And so for us to, to just pray that that, that, that would happen is, is, can be so powerful. So thanks yeah. for including us in
2: that. Absolutely. And, and again, I think for some folks, the current climate produces doom and gloom. You know, and we're how are we ever going to survive? And the church is going to collapse, and the gospel is going to wither. And like, sh- right, don't right. quit talking. Okay, yeah. you don't understand the power of the gospel. Yeah. You know, you don't understand the authority of the Word of God. And I just want to to remind people, man, do not let circumstances control. You know, the the
1: destiny that God has before us. Well, and I, that for me the, that's what's been been rattling around in my soul this week too is. Just that idea of, of just keeping an eternal perspective and really looking, you know, that's what this podcast is all about. It's what our lives are all about is just keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus and keeping our ourselves like centered on his kingdom. And so I've just been thinking about Second Corinthians chapter 4 a lot. Just, you know, we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away. Our inner self is being renewed day by day. As we look to to not not to the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen. Mm. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. And there's a lot of seen things <laughs> that are happening in our world right now that are very much in front of our face, and we have to be very intentional about looking past that, and or, or even looking through it, and 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 seeing Jesus, and and keeping our our heads up. And so I've just been super encouraged as I've been meditating on that, and really disciplining myself to, to, to practice that because yeah, there's, there is so much going on in our world that, that if we're, if we're focusing there, it is no wonder that you're, you're, you're feeling doom and gloom. So anyway, it's super encouraging. Um, it was fun too. Last night, Tim, we were, we got to reminisce a little bit. Uh, we got to reminisce a little bit about the old days, the humble beginnings of, uh, uh, of my young adult life, and <laughs> it was kind of funny. Sean, I don't even know if you know this, but i was I was telling the story of how I came to know Tim barley and and live at his house for a period of time. And it actually started with me living in my van outside of his house, parked on his curb. Uh, and I would sneak into his house, you know, and and do my laundry and take showers and stuff. And I just, we we,
2: we knew he was doing it.
1: Okay. Okay. And I just, uh, (laughs) you know, I kind of wormed my way. I kind of basically, I was a squatter until like a room became available. And then I kind of, I kind of wormed my way in, but it was just, it's just fun just to, just to think about all the years we have together and all the memories and all the, um, those, those key moments that you were there for, for me, you know, when, when I was trying to figure out life, um, I still am, but uh, maybe maybe I've grown a little since then, but
2: you have. You <laughs> okay. Have, yeah. That's good. It's been great to um, all all both of you guys. It's been just a riot, you know, to be able to watch you flourish, you know, in marriage and ministry. Yeah. What a what a what a privilege. You know, I feel like God's given me this box seat, you know, to watch you guys just explode, you know, into your own. So you It'll make you feel
1: kinda old too, though. Oh, absolutely. Bit. I'm ancient. <laughs> Like a dinosaur
0: over here. Oh man, if yeah, if I can look like Tim when I'm Tim's age and call myself Agent, I'll be I'll be happy. Well, I just have situation. one question,
1: Tim. Like, what was what was the world like when dinosaurs roamed the earth?
0: <laughs> well, I had a pet pterodactyl, and we would fly all over the place. It's
1: it amazing. Yeah.
2: So bummed when the ice age hit.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Wow, it's going south real quick. Um, <laughs> Pull us back in, Sean, please. Uh, Uh, Yeah, just, you know, I agree with both of those things. Just an encouragement to know the two of you, my brothers. So thanks for being you. And I'm excited to, yeah, just keep doing this all together. It's really exciting. Which today takes the form of this podcast. So um, let's get into it. So we are in, on our Sunday series, we are in Romans 16. We are nearing the end of our Romans teaching series, which has just been... So profound, so timely, so fitting with everything going on in life this year. Um, and now we're in Romans 16 and I don't know about you guys, but in in past experiences reading through Romans 16, it's not one of the ones that I spent more time in relative to other parts of Romans. And so man, I was just so struck by how much I've been missing in Romans 16. how much how much that passage revealed uh, just Paul's heart regarding people in life in church. So, so, Dan, for those of the listeners that didn't attend on Sunday, didn't hear the service, give us a quick little recap on that first part of Romans 16.
1: Yeah, so where where Charlie started was just this concept or this idea from the text of keeping our eyes peeled to, you know, for false teachers or false teachings that can creep into the body of believers. And so in verses 17 through 20, we just... um you know, we're identify uh Charlie helped us identify that these false teachers, um, kind of what their tactics are, and that we need to just stay vigilant and that we need to, um, through God's grace, continue on that so that um the enemy who who is the deceiver, he's the father of lies, that's his native tongue. Um we need to to resist him and and not be influenced by the deception that he wants to to spin in 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 our body. So that's kind of where he started, and then there was this beautiful contrast. It was powerful of like, okay, what what are these false teachers trying to uh, achieve, right? What are they all about? Um, versus Paul identifying these exemplary servants in the church, and and he and he offers these greetings, which I, I think we all can relate to, it's easy to, to just gloss over them. And I think Tim, you even talked about that, you know, when you wrap up on Sunday, just, it's easy for us to just kind of blow past these passages. But I love how Charlie pointed out that there is this contrast between kind of the, the heart and the goal and the mission of like a false teacher versus the heart and the goal and the mission of these, these amazing people that are mentioned by name. And so Charlie just kind of walks through these amazing characteristics of these people that he mentions, they're generous, they're selfless, they're diligent they're, They have, they love affectionately. And so, yeah, then he kind of, you know, gave us the charge to um, just to, to think and discuss about maybe some ways false teachers have infiltrated the church um, to give, to think about and, and talk about some practical ways that we can be, stay vigilant and then also just to focus on these characteristics of exemplary servants, and to you know focus on that and, and ask God to cultivate that in us. So, yeah, an amazing um, job of, of Charlie just uh, pulling out some some really helpful things for us to think about from again a text that maybe we just kind of we kind of blow through in the past. So
2: well, he also introduced I think uh, an excellent study skill because what he did was. He he didn't start off foc he didn't take the passage chronologically, which was excellent. So he he skipped over all of the acknowledgments yes. and went to the the false teaching and he said, Now let's consider that as we go back to the beginning and look at all of these folks who have just been so faithful. And that's an important study skill you know, for us to remember as we're taking Scripture. Sometimes we, we tend to be very regimented, chronological, yeah, yeah. and we miss out some of these beautiful nuances you know, that are, that are contained within the text. So I, I love that he
1: demonstrated how to use that. That's awesome. Yeah. Good point. Mm.
0: Yes. Yeah, so maybe just as a launching point, like, on Sunday, like you just said, Dan, um, we saw that Paul really emphasized the, the dangers and woes of false teachers and of just un, unbiblical influences on people. So I'm just curious, in your guys' roles and in my role as well, what are some ways that you've kind of seen that um, unfold in today's climate and in our church family even, um, just the idea of, of self-serving teachers versus selfless teachers?
1: Hmm. Tim I'll let you start off with that one
2: well and, and and you said something interesting Sean because what Charlie was referring to what Paul was writing was not not teachers with false intentions he was speaking its teachers with false information and that's an important important distinction uh, in Philippians 1 uh, we read this and, and beginning verse 15 Very important distinction that he's making between someone who is preaching teaching with false intentions or they're preaching teaching with false information. And that's what which is kind of startling to us. Like, wait a minute, if the preacher's not sincere and authentic and all that, then 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 he should be disregarded. Well, what is he saying? you know is the gospel still being proclaimed because even in the midst of that i know people that have gotten saved through through teachers who were preaching from false intentions but what we're zeroing in on here is false information it's a distortion you know of the 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 facts of the gospel
1: that is an important distinction and really the 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 heart behind what paul is getting at is you know for us to be vigilant and to keep our eyes peeled for these for these for this false information to come into our our church and it's kind of an interesting age that we're living in because you know Paul didn't have the internet back then I'm pretty sure right so the the oh, really? the gateways for for information coming into the church we're not, maybe not as, as, as many as there are today. And so, I mean, you could just go, any of us can go on YouTube or, or, you know, listen to any podcast or go listen to any message, any teacher, read any article or book. The access we have right now is, is, is unprecedented really. And so for us to really make sure that we are staying on guard so that when that false information comes in, we know how to address it. And, you know, one of the things that, um, is kind of interesting, like sometimes you hear Paul talk about like, you know, these false teachers as being like wolves, you know, like fierce wolves, they're coming in, they're not sparing the flock. They're, they're, they're seeking to to draw people away with them. Um, but other times there's people in our body that just, yeah, are just misled. And so, we need to know the difference so that we can we can understand how to how to act towards them right if someone has has a has if their theology is off in some way or if they've been influenced by by you know some by the deceiver through some teaching you know to start off with grace mm. and to to just you know come alongside them as a brother or as, as a sister and just say hey let's 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 hold this teaching or this understanding up against what the word of god has to say and let's see if it lines up. Let's work on it together, because we don't want to be these people that are just like kicking people out of our church all the time because right. they have they have they're they're struggling through a bad theology. So having that discernment, and that's you know one of the things that I am really grateful for um, our our elder you know board our elder team um, our eldership they uh, that's one of their their chief roles is to keep an eye out of, of the for the flock and to really ha- you know have their have their fingers on the pulse of um what what is being taught and what is possibly seeping in and ha- you know because really it does take discernment to de- to determine is this a is this a fierce wolf or is this just someone who's misguided and and has been deceived so tim can you can you give us you know just a little picture or insight into you know as 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 an elder that aspect of your role of, of like, you know, being vigilant and keeping watch over the flock.
2: Sure. You know, perfect example there, there was a young guy who came through years ago and uh, was all excited about, you know, meeting a bunch of young people. And he told a bunch of young people here that, Hey, there's this guy that's speaking, you know, in another town and he is preaching about how all of us can be, can be wealthy, I mean, physically wealthy—that we don't yeah. have to settle for that. We don't have to settle for just getting by. That we can have money and cars and houses, and this is God's God's gift to us. So a bunch of our young people went, and so they come back and they're like, "Hey, you, this was crazy. This guy's like telling these things that I've never heard. You know, I've never heard anybody preach from the Bible before." And so, you know, I got together with this, you know, young man, and I said, "Hey, so." So, so tell me who is this guy? He goes, Oh, I don't know. Someone told me about him. And and I thought it'd be cool for us to go down there and and he was amazing and he got everybody worked up and so excited and all those kind of things. And I said, Yeah, but everything that that the group who went told me about is not supported in scripture. It's it's yeah, it's a great way to get people worked up and rallied, but it's 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 false teaching. And he said, Whoa, 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 what what are you saying? I'm like, here's what we're saying. You are welcome to be a part of our church community. You're not welcome to take our people to, to events like that where this person is being positioned up in front of you know, a large audience and, and being acknowledged as a teacher of the word and then causing confusion you know, among some of our people. So you, you're going to have to make up your mind. You can stay here, but you're, you need to be under the authority of the word of God and, and, and our teaching, or you need to go somewhere else. And, and he chose to leave. And it was, it was important to process through this. Lo, love that guy. We said that if you decide to come back and, and operate in, the, in that manner, man, we would love to have you here, but, but not like that. So those are not enjoyable things, but those are important things that we are called to do here.
0: Yeah, man. So, so such a helpful picture, Tim, of just that process. And yeah, it really just speaks to the importance of, even on an individual level— of like you said, Dan, of of taking things and holding them against Scripture and and seeing clearly in that contrast, is this true or is this false? And even like you know, Tim, I I respect and so much am grateful for all the elders, and I have full confidence in any of you that you are doing this process. But even still, as, as individuals inside a church family we should have that same practice and and be able to take things that even the elders say and hold it against scripture. And, and thankfully we've all done that in VBC and it's all held true to scripture with you elders. So that's why we love you guys. Um, But yeah, especially when you join a church family, like so many people have that process of finding a church family that initially feels great. And then as they kind of get more and more involved, some of those things start coming out and they see some more doctrinal things that just compete with what scripture says. And, you know, it kind of reminds me of like, like you might say to your kids, Dan, when they're trying to make a bad decision, like, no, you don't have to do, you don't have to make a mistake to learn from it. Like you can learn from wisdom, you can learn from other things. And I really appreciated what Charlie said, how he phrased it. He said, you don't need to experience evil to know it's evil, which is so true and so profound. But then on the flip side, like how we do that then is like you said, by by taking things and holding them up to scripture. And if we're not able to do that, then we're kind of missing out. And we're not able to, like Charlie said, keep our eyes peeled um, to know if someone is teaching with false motivations or if they're teaching with false doctrine or whatever it is. Um, So yeah, really important stuff, even on an individual level.
1: Yeah. I love that that section too, where Charlie just, I mean, it's so cool. Like in verse 19, you see... Paul's heart. He's like, I want you to be wise as to what is good and innocent to what is evil. And that man just, you know, that's, that's a banner statement right there. I mean, you understand why Paul wants that for us. And it should be something that we desire too. We should pursue that kind of purity. And, and, and Charlie um, referenced Philippians chapter four and, you know, you just read that and it's like, okay, whatever is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and, and admirable, if it's excellent or praiseworthy, think about those things. And I wonder where that landed with everybody that was listening is just, you know, did it, did it, I hope it gave us an opportunity to just quickly or, or maybe slowly just take stock and be like, okay, what am I, what am I thinking about? What What's permeating my, my thought? And somebody said something really profound in our connect group on Sunday. And it, it's an analogy or that, that I'm sure a lot of people have heard before, but I'll share, I'll share it here. Um, you know, when they're, when they're training bank tellers or, uh, you know, finance people or, or even people in the FBI that, that pursue white collar crime they're you know, when they're trying to teach them and train them about counterfeit money, they don't give them a bunch of counterfeit money to handle and to inspect and, no, they give them the real thing and they make sure that they spend a lot of time handling, looking, even smelling, you know, and just getting comfortable and and familiar with the real thing so that when the counterfeit, when they come across the counterfeit, they're able to identify it immediately. And that's the same thing that we're called to when it comes to uh, the teachings, the, the things that the tenets of, of scripture, the the doctrine that we that's been passed on from Jesus to the apostles, to us, we need to become experts so that when those, when those false teachers come in or when those teachings seep in, when, when the deceiver is trying to influence us, we will be able to stand firm against it. And so I think part of that vigilance is just making sure we, we understand what, what are, what are Jesus's teachings? What are the, what are the apostles teachings? And, and really hiding that in our heart. So that we can we can hold it up against any other teaching we may hear,
2: and that's that's one of the most popular ploys right now in among churches and teachers that are giving out false information. One of the statements often is, "Well, well, we don't really know. Mm. we don't really know." and yeah. so that kind of frees everyone up to kind of make up their own minds and just how reckless. And dangerous is that you know we've got you know thousands of years of orthodoxy you know that we've been that we've been studying and training and then all of a sudden you know
1: in this current you know generation it's the what if it's like well what well, what if I and and I don't know I'm just asking questions right. I'm just asking right. questions I'm just starting the conversation but you're right it is it is reckless yeah
2: and and that just that that statement alone you said w- what if. And that's that's and that becomes the the mantra for a lot of ministries, for a lot of churches, for a lot of leaders. Like we don't really know, so therefore you got you got complete freedom. Do do whatever you feel right in your own mind, which is exactly what we read not to do in Scripture. You know, we we read that in Judges that everyone did what was right in their, in their own, own eyes, mind, yeah. right in their own eyes. Exactly. I yeah.
0: mm. Man, that's really uh, striking, Tim. Just in the midst of everything going on with COVID, and you know us church staff and pastors and elders, we've had so many discussions on, on so many different events and regarding regulations. And yeah, for me, it's kind of convicting a little bit because totally there's that temptation to be like, no, like we're just going to do it or no, we're going to do our own thing. Um, but kind of counter that, like the attitude we're seeing, like you're describing is just a little bit counter to that a bit more one that portrays more of like trust and peace, um, and all those things. Um, so I was thinking about, as you guys were talking about, um, this, this idea of where do we turn our eyes to? Where where do we look to like the Philippians four thing? Um, and in that process, like, I think what the, the part of the worth there is. So like it says in, um, verse 18 is just, we cannot be naive. You know, it says in verse 18 that, but by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. And like you said, Dan, having that awareness and fixing our eyes on the right things will will, will help prevent that. Um, but one thing in particular that I've seen, and I know we've talked about this a little bit, as far as people being naive in the church, and one particularly dangerous idea we've been seeing a lot in churches is just this, this, this notion of if you try hard enough, you can fix yourself or you can improve yourself. Or if you do this or this— you can improve your life, almost like a prosperity gospel kind of thing. Have you guys seen that too in your circles?
1: I I think it, it, it can be, it's a trap for us to, to fall into because we, we love to be in control. We, we love to, you know, for, for our growth or our transformation to be, for us to have the power to do it in, in, in ourselves. And it's, in some ways easier to, um, you know, just to, to kind of, uh, you know, have this workspace mentality or have this, this attitude of like, I can do it. I'm, you know, I, it's, it's this like can do kind of American spirit. Like I can pull myself up and, and I can, I can make my life, whatever I want it to be. And it's, it's easier for us to be self-reliant than it is to, to find to find the sufficiency of Christ as our um, you know our our primary focus, and so yeah, I I see it just in 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 the conversations I have with people, you know, it 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 it's kind of one of those things we have to course correct against. I think, as we're pursuing Jesus, as we're um, you know walking in the Spirit and being transformed by the renewing of our mind, sometimes we get a little, we get off a little, and and so. That's one of the beautiful things about the body of Christ, is I mean the author of Hebrews says like don't give up meeting together because what happens is we can be deceived, um, we can be tricked by by sin, and and it can kind of like cut in on us. And so when we're when we're living life in community, it's it gives people the opportunity to to point out those areas where we're being deceived. And, and then we can do these little course corrections and stay on track as opposed to drift way, way off in the, into the weeds.
0: You know, Dan, that's so true. And I have personally, I know you have every single one of us. We've all benefited from that process of having people to speak into our lives and correct things like that. Because sometimes in scripture, things aren't immediately clear. And it's easy to be naive about certain things. Like even Philippians 4, I was thinking about it. And yeah, we just referenced that as a plus thing. But I've personally seen multiple times, like Philippians 4.19, used as a reference for prosperity gospel. Like, yeah, God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And on face value, it's not that crazy to understand why someone might come to that conclusion if they're not doing that deeper digging and understanding what, what his riches and glory is really referring to. You know, just before that, Paul was just talking about God being our source for strength and circumstances and whatnot. So out of context, Absolutely. But again, going back to that process of really digging deeper with Scripture to, to not be naive and to be able to keep our eyes peeled.
2: Yeah, I, I even go back to Romans 1 where Paul went off on you know, some tough things for some people to hear. But remember in, in, in verse 21 when he says, For although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him, but they became futile— Futile in their thinking and their <laughs> foolish hearts were darkened, and, and so again we've got this this tendency, and I think you were describing it well, Dan. Where people realize, okay, there is something within me. There is something within me that 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 makes me confident that that I do have an ability to to draw on a a, a presence, and and without acknowledging that presence you know, as the, the way we were created by God, wow. then it becomes something that we mm-hmm. say, oh, that's, that's, that's my power. Right. That's, I, I own that.
1: Yeah. No, that's so good. That's so good. It's, it's a, it's a sufficiency issue, you know, just being reminded that, I mean, Paul in, in second Corinthians said, said, um, you know, he he's like me and my, and my crew, my missionary crew, like my fellow apostles, like we don't claim anything is coming from us. Like our sufficiency is, is in Christ who's made us sufficient. And I just think that that is the, that is the right attitude to approach these things from.
0: Yeah. I mean, it goes back to just basics, Sunday school. I mean, we all, we all, well, not we all, but many of us have heard a million times, you know, trust the Lord with all your heart. And you've all heard a million times in all of your ways, acknowledge him. But then it's so easy when we have, you know, cultural and societal and just all these different influences pressing on us to in certain areas of our life, forget that and to not be acknowledging God in different areas. Um, Just a a healthy reminder then to, yeah, in in all of our ways, acknowledge him and trust that he's going to make our path straight. um, Yeah. And help us turn away from evil. So, so coming out of that on the flip side of things, um, you know, that's false teachers with bad doctrine, but on the flip side like you said in the very beginning, Dan, Paul gives us this, this description of, uh, contrary to that, what these amazing servants who are doing incredible work for the kingdom of God look like. Um, so maybe we should go through those four things that Charlie pointed out, those four characteristics of an exemplary servant, and just chew on them a little bit.
1: Well, well, before we do that, can I can I just go back to to one more thing that I just thought was so— powerful and, and so important for us. And you can cut this later when you edit it, Sean, I totally trust you. Um, (laughs) but one of the things that I I said earlier that, that was so, um, helpful in Charlie's, the way he kind of structured his teaching was he pointed out the contrast between those, those teachers and, and then the servants that he, he greeted. But I also noticed just another contrast there. When you look at verse 20, I mean, That's such a powerful thing, first of all, just, just to have that confidence. And I love how Charlie said that that is a, it's a promise for now that through our unity with Christ, um, we have access to his victory over the deceiver. And I love Tim, you know, that you said, oh man, let's, you know, practice writing the thing on the shoe. And then it's like, we're stepping on it all the, all the time. Um, I think that's, that's so powerful. But as I was just thinking about that verse and I was thinking about, um, who the enemy is. And, and sometimes we are, uh, hesitant to, to, I don't know, talk about the enemy or acknowledge him. You know, we, we, uh, we tend to kind of, I don't know, like we, we can be a little bit asleep to, to his tactics and what he's trying to do. And as I just was thinking about that, I saw another contrast, just the, the, the The father of lies, Jesus in in John chapter eight, he identifies the the enemy um, as the father of lies, and when he speaks, he he is speaking his native tongue, which is uh, lies, and and then I thought about James chapter one, where James talks about um, God as being the father of lights, and so we have like the father of lies and the father of lights, and you know just for us to to have that right understanding that that we yeah we do have an enemy, um, and the way that he attacks us is through deception, and so um, what what do we do? How do we combat that? And thinking about who God is as the Father of Lights, that every good and perfect gift comes from Him, and you just see that. I mean, it's it's like why would I ever want to? Um, like turn away from that or why would I ever want to like wallow in that deception? You know? Um, no, I want to, I, I want to have that to, to walk in that victory that, that, that God has given us through Christ. And so, yeah, I just thought that was another powerful contrast kind of as we, as we launch into, um, what you were saying, John. So hopefully that's okay that I brought that up.
0: Of course. And man, just to, just tag to that, it's so beautiful and such a reminder of just the hope that we have. Of that, in that process, that there's hope that we can be resting on, like Charlie phrased it as, like through God's grace and our continued vigilance, the deceiver will be destroyed. Satan will be crushed under our feet, and that makes me think of, you know, somewhere else where where Satan's described, like First Peter five, and there we we see that we're told again to be sober minded, to be watchful, keep our eyes peeled. Because your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. But then even here, again, we end with hope. Because after that, he says, and after you suffered for a while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. And it's just a fitting reminder that that being watchful-minded and sober-minded and keeping your eyes peeled is only half of the process. But on the flip side, we're doing this in hope and in confidence and peace of what's to come, knowing that God's going to complete that process for us. So yeah, thank you, Dan. It's really beautiful.
2: Yeah, you know, one of the things that I thought about as Dan was speaking and Charlie was speaking, you know, how many, how many times in, in, our, in our existence as disciples of Jesus, have we listened to sermons, messages uh, on a character study of Satan? where we're just really mm. going in depth about let's 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 understand who our adversary truly is. One of my favorite things to do when I'm going through discipleship with a new believer is to ask questions about Satan. Wow. Like so is Satan um omnipresent? Mm. Is he is is he uh, everywhere? You know because a lot of people say yeah, yes, he well he's not. Yeah. He is a being. His influence, you know, is is worldwide. Uh, is, is he uh, omniscient? You know, uh, just walking right, through these right. things and dispelling some false thinking right. that some folks have about Satan's you know capabilities and and his limitations.
1: Or some people are even on the other end, where I mean I've talked to believers who don't even don't even believe Satan's real. Right. They, they you know they think that he is this figurative um, you know entity, and so yeah, just I mean there and there's dangers in that as well. Yeah. So it is an interesting thing to, to just make sure that we understand who our adversary is, what his tactics are, you know, what he's trying to, to, um, you know, what his objectives are like even talking to unbelievers, you know, have you guys ever talked to an unbeliever? Who's like, Oh man, me and Satan are cool. You know, like we're like, I'm going to, I'm going to party with, with all my buddies in, in hell and it's all good, you know? Um, you know, to, but to just tell, to bring them to a passage like John 10, and just say, you're being worked. Yeah. Like the, the yeah. enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. Um, and in contrast to that, Jesus comes so that we may have life and have it more abundantly. And so, just, yeah, that contrast is so important to see.
0: Yep. Satan, not a fan of the, <laughs> of the
1: guy. Does it, um, he yeah, doesn't like us.
0: doesn't like us. And he hates even this podcast. Um, but yeah, just a fitting reminder, Tim, that, yeah, he's not omnipresent, he's not everywhere. But his influences and, um, like in Ephesians, like his schemes are. And so yeah, just that that importance of putting our our armor of God on. Um, so with that said, let's move into uh, on a more positive note. What are those people and what were they embodying that that Paul was really, um, yeah, just supportive of and and took cared so much about that he even acknowledged them in, in Romans 16. Um, let's go through those things. Dan, you want to start us off?
1: Yeah. Absolutely. The the thing that I that I have been stewing on ever since Sunday is just and, and not not in a in a in a self-important kind of proud or arrogant way. But just thinking through my life and just saying, man, am I somebody who if somebody wrote a letter to VBC, am I living in such a way that would be noteworthy? You know, like s- someone that someone that is is could could or would be mentioned, you know, by, by someone like Paul. And it just is a good thought experiment and a good gut check for me. And, um, you know, one of the, one of the things that, that jumped out to me of those four is just the selfless, um, they lived selflessly, mm. even risking life and limb. And I've just been thinking a lot about that word risk lately. And just there, you know, there's, there's really something to be said about wisdom and there's something to be said about, not being living a reckless kind of life. And I think even in this COVID era, we there's people all over the, the, the map on, on that, you know, there, there, there's people that are super sensitive to the virus and are totally sheltering in place and following all the restrictions to a T. And then there's some people who are living, living reckless, you know, and, and everywhere in between. But I just thought about, you know, these people that paul mentioned that literally risked their throats um to support paul's ministry um to so that the gospel could go um to the to you know could, could could go out and it just made me think man am i am i playing it too safe you know and 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 i'm i'm definitely still wrestling through that but sometimes you know we're we're afraid of um being inconvenienced or we're, we're afraid of, you know, um, being rejected or if someone, you know, taking up all our time or whatever, but, but these guys did not count their, their own lives as more important than the gospel going forward. And so that was a real gut check for me and something that I've been, been thinking about. And yeah, I want, I want that to be, I want, I want it to be true of my life.
2: I, I'm right with you, bro. In fact, I'm just thinking. Even between the three of us, you know, if you ever, you know, hear me say something or or sense that there's something going on, and you felt like you had a you know a, an idea about, hey, what do you think about taking this risk? You know, I, I think those are healthy things because otherwise, we're left to our own, you know, safety nets.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know
2: like, well, yeah, this is how far I could see myself risking, <laughs> right, right. but you might see me risking much much further, much mm-hmm. in a much different way that I may need to see but can't see. Totally. Cuz we always have our self-preservation, you know, kind of safety nets,
1: our go- our self-governors like yes. the things that we feel mm-hmm. like but usually the line is 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 past that. Sure. You know, and so yeah, again going back to community and being able to have access to each other's lives to say, "Hey, you, you you can go talk to that person. Yeah. You know, or, or you could you know, you can go um on that missionary journey or you can um I don't know, you can serve in this way that seems scary. Um you can you can share on social media about about Jesus. Yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah. Um I and, and and it's it and it is it is even like um maybe <laughs> silly in some way to, to think about the kinds of risks that we are are challenged with day in and day out and compare them to these kinds of risks I mean thankfully in our country and in, in, in 2020 you're not likely to get your throat slit for for participating in gospel ministry that day may come as Charlie told us you know on, on Sunday that the heat could get turned up on us in America. But as of now, the risks that we're take, that we're called to take for the gospel, they they're not they don't they don't even compare to what these guys were were dealing with. So I think it's a good it's a good gut check for us, man.
2: It is, and obviously we're grateful for for Jesus, yes. you know, who who risked it all. Wow. Then we have guys like Paul, who we read where he was when he said certain things. We're like Paul. Pipe down! You're going to get in so much trouble <laughs> exactly. if you say that out loud in front of these people. They're they can really make your life miserable. Totally. And yet, he said, "Do you not understand what's what what's at risk here?" Mm. And so, going back to your your word risk, and so he 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 did it. You know, and he got himself into a, a lot of trouble and experienced a lot of pain, a lot of heart, no regrets. <laughs> right.
0: Amazing. Just, yeah, and just thinking about that, that on that topic of risk, just an encouragement to anybody listening, like Tim said, don't be afraid to to reach out when you have questions about stuff. Because it can be really tempting to assume that you understand someone's heart when they're making decisions in regards to that idea of how they're viewing the risks. But so often the time that's not the case. You know, very, very frequently when we're making decisions on staff or as elders, not that I'm an elder, but you elders, it has way less to do about you personally taking the risk and more so about, about just why shepherding and, and what you're subjecting other people to. Like for example, right now we're, we're, we're discussing whether or not we can go through with our soul tomorrow because it's really smoky outside. And that's a question to some degree is, is it worth the risk or not? And if someone asked me, Sean, you're thinking about canceling it. I can't believe you're not willing to take that risk and say, of course I am. I would stand out there and sing till my throat hurts with the smoke. It's not about me. But I could see how someone could jump to that conclusion, unless, like you just said to him, they they reach out, they they just, as a brother, say, hey, what are you guys thinking about this, and give us the opportunity to just share our heart and hear them out without uh, jumping to conclusions.
2: Yeah, those are those are very very tricky scenarios, you know. And you're right, we 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 are going to cancel that, postpone it. Is how yeah. we say. It. Yeah. And so you've got some people that say. Let the people that want to take the risk show up. Right. And so then you've got those folks that are not happy, you know, that we're saying we're gonna we're gonna postpone it for everybody. Hmm. So then it's this complicated thing of, yeah, we could do that. But but then there's this this appearance of are we really caring for people even if they don't know how to be cared for? You know, because we're convinced that breathing in ash, even if you don't mind it, is probably not the best thing to do right now. And and we can have this meaningful event a few days later. And is that going to cost us greatly? Well, some people would say yes, um, but we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and do this with the idea that we're looking out for what is the greater good. What is the greater good in, in this whole scenario?
1: And just like just like this whole COVID era, it doesn't mean we're going to stop praising God. Yep. It doesn't mean we're going to stop praying. It doesn't mean that we stop being the church that it doesn't mean that we stop praying for God's kingdom to come. We're just going to do it in a different way. So, so you guys can, you know, all of you listening at home, you can expect to see something online. We're, we're going to continue. You know, we, we are convinced, we are convicted that, that praise and prayer is how we fight our, these battles that we're in right now. Mm. And, and we are in so many ways, especially in the Bay Area, we just feel like we're under siege, you know, and we're behind enemy lines and, and the walls are closing in. And so this is how we fight. We're going to do this no matter what. Nothing can stop us from, from doing what God has called us to do. It just may look a little different, you know, based on, like you said, Sean, wise, godly care and shepherding of, of our people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and that kind of brings me to one of the other characteristics that Paul brought up. And I just want to say, as someone who's on staff and can, and can attest to everyone else that I've witnessed, man, I, I've heard from several people just this idea of, oh man, the church is having it easy right now on COVID. You guys are sitting back doing online services, like it's a vacation mode. And it just, I laugh about it because it could not be further from the truth. People are working so hard. They're working diligently which is one of those things that Charlie mentioned. Um, and like you said Dan, it's it might not look exactly like we're expecting, but people are working diligently to get creative to 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 do all the same things, to worship God, to pray, to praise him, to to have fellowship together even though it might not look exactly like we're expecting.
1: Yeah, one of one of the guys in our connect group on Sunday, he he's in uh, the education field and he he actually oversees the um the, the online aspect of this, this local college in the area. And so, as you can imagine, he's just, he's just swamped and it's just been high pressure, high stress ever since the, the COVID thing broke out. And it was so cool as we were talking about this stuff, he, he said, the, the, that's the one I'm going to focus on is the, is the diligence thing. And, and it just made me think of, of Colossians chapter three, verse 23 is like, whatever you do work heartily as unto the lord. And so that I hope is an encouragement to to uh, some of us who are who are you know hustling and working harder than ever during this time and and just no matter what we're doing just to have that attitude of of I'm doing this for the lord. You know whether it is I'm a mom and I'm and I'm 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 locked in place with you know all these kids who There's so many, there's, they're just so demanding and it's just very hard and stressful and distance learning and all this stuff. Like, man, how would it change if we, if we thought of it as I'm doing this as unto the Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm loving my kids. I'm shepherding them. I'm helping them grow up to maturity. I'm doing it for the Lord. So yeah. Or if you're a computer programmer and you're writing code all day and, and, you know, they laid off like 10 people in your department and your, your workloads tripled, like, are you doing, are you writing code unto the Lord? I think it's, I think it's a great thing for us to, to pray for and to support each other in.
2: Yeah. And I, the other quality that I, I appreciate that, uh, Charlie picked up in this section is, uh, among these folks in this list is that they all, uh, they all puckered up or they all loved affectionately. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you know, Charlie, we got a bone to pick with you. You didn't, you didn't you didn't uh take us to verse 16. Tim, tell him what does verse 16 say? Greet one another with a holy kiss. I think that's your isn't that your favorite verse in the whole Bible? I, well, he,
2: he actually says it several times. So there's Ooh. all got several. Of them. I'm just like, come on, Charlie, you gotta at least he ducked he, that one a little he bit. He did, he did. <laughs> and i'm like man i just think that that's so so interesting that he that he was uh
1: avoiding it what's the equivalent i wonder of of a holy kiss in, in, in with the covid restrictions you know greet each other with a holy a holy what <laughs> a holy like Waving your hands on Zoom, <laughs> poke them, poke them
2: on Facebook. Maybe face, we right? should pucker up on Zoom, like mm, you know, so people can see that. Oh
0: boy, I think it's a, I think it's a holy Purell spritz, actually. Oh, there go. So there it's we like go. anointing there we go. with Purell. Oh my gosh.
1: Um,
0: but I mean, honestly, on that note, though, it's really striking to read through Paul's language and, and how he views people. You know, over and over again, he refers to people as my beloved. And man, the two of you, let it be known, I love both of you. And even though I don't say it often, you are beloved to me.
1: Yeah. You need to say it more. I, I could hear. I, I could stand to hear. Except you. More. you.
0: That's I, you. You want it too bad. It's not good for your heart.
2: Well, and and again, it it should be one of our calling cards to the 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 unsaved. You know, when they see our affection for one another, genuine affection. You know, not not s- sloppy affection you know, but, but genuine appropriate affection for one another, especially when they, when they know the differences that we all
1: share. Ah, that's so profound. Mm. I was just going to say that, especially in the climate, you know, the social climate right now where, man, things are so divided and there, there really is a lot of inequality happening out there and a lot of people butting heads over, over differences. So for them to look into, the, into our household and to, into, the, into the kingdom and say, wow, it's different in there. What the heck? What's going on? You know, yeah. and you're right. It, it's a way for us to point to to Jesus and how He's broken down those those dividing walls of hostility. Yeah, and 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 to
2: genuinely
1: care about people that, under worldly
2: circumstances, you know, we might not have anything to do with, you know, either because of whatever it may be, you know, and and then but but because of the 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 unity we share through Jesus. All that's erased, yeah. you know. All of it's ra- and it's just this beautiful depiction of, of, of affection, of, of commitment, of unity, of love, of support, of empathy. All, all those, all those qualities.
0: You know, it's it's interesting to think about what that daily life looked like for Paul and all those people in, in his churches that he was visiting. Because I'm just trying to picture, even in this list, like. I'm not going to do a good job pronouncing them, but Impliatus and Urbanus and Rufus, all these people, I wonder if they had the same exact views of Nero during their time on earth. Mm, or my guess cool. is they probably really didn't, but still they refer to each other as my, my beloved. And I'm sure, like you said, to him, that was such a, like, a calling card for the Christian church at that time
1: and wasn't the church in Rome correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't it made up of, of, of Gentiles and, and Jews? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that's kind of a cool thing to think about as well too, that there was a, there was an ethnic and cultural, um, you know, chasm between these two groups of people, but here they are experiencing this, this loving affection, this, um, this type of, you know, generous, selfless, like giving and service. And, yeah, I mean, I wonder what that must have looked like to the unbelievers in Rome.
2: I, I started doing this. I don't I don't know if I'll finish, but as we were going through this passage uh 161 through 15 in particular, I thought if I was gonna write a letter, you know, if I, you know, moved away and I was gonna write a letter to VBC,
1: yeah,
2: you know, who are the people who I would say these are the folks that, that really stand out to me. Yeah. As, and I'm, Other than us, of course. I mean, I mean, of you course would be included. Of course, in of course, course. But it's just an interesting <laughs> exercise. You know, right, Paul, right. Paul chose these people, you know, called them out. Their names have been, you know, preserved. That's crazy. The, yeah. And just yeah. thinking, man, who were some of the folks that, that we would want to acknowledge, you know, in our own family as those who have just impacted us?
1: Well, haven't you in in recent years when you're when you're on a missionary journey, you you've you've gotten more into the habit of doing like a journal. Yeah. Have you ever mentioned anyone's name in any of those journals? I wonder. I, I don't. Know. I have to go back and look. That's a great. That's a great point. I, I'm
2: all yeah, and I'm probably too careful. Like right, you don't uh, want to offend the people right, you right, don't right, mention. Exactly. Right, right, right. I
1: wonder if Paul thought about that. Yeah, you know? know. yeah. He probably didn't he care. A, he was a bigger risk taker than am, But I'm working on that. That's right. <laughs>
0: The question is really: Are any of us three bold enough to take the risk of kissing each other next time we see each other? Wow.
2: I, I, I'm, I'm a kisser, yeah. you know. I, I, my dad, my dad was a, a kisser, and <laughs>
1: it's all good. You dude. know,
2: I, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I I, I try to pick my my targets wisely <laughs> and appropriately. And uh, currently, uh, they are they are my brothers. Uh, don't, don't kiss my sister. Well, that's not true. Sometimes, sometimes, uh, yeah,
1: like, like a, like a more of a mom figure kind of, Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, you know, actually, this is an area of concern I have for the high school ministry right now, because Dan, you and I, and in our era in HSM, one has not gone through HSM officially until you've received like a really scratchy, scrungy kiss from Tim on the cheek.
1: No, exactly. So
0: I don't know what they're doing now with Stephen in charge. Do you know, yeah. Tim? Yeah, his kisses are reserved for his bride. Oh, boy. Laura,
1: So wow. He's just going to have to
0: cope. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Oh, Fuck boy. Fuck her up. So, man, I think a really healthy discussion on, um, yeah, just keeping our eyes peeled against false teaching and the importance of weighing things against scripture and then that encouragement of what that looks like in practice when you do those things. Is there anything you guys want to leave people with as challenges or encouragements for this coming week?
1: Well, yeah, well, one thing, and we talked about this a little bit, but one of the discussion questions that Charlie gave us was identify ways that false teachers have infiltrated or influenced the church. And I think it would be great if we heard from you, our beholders, our listeners, if there are some things that you have seen either over the, the course of history or maybe even something that's happening right now. And maybe not with our Specific local church, but you know, the, the church in America or the church worldwide, what are some things that, that you've seen creeping in things that you're keeping an eye on and, and send that over to us. Where, where can they email us thoughts on that or articles, Sean?
0: Yeah. So you can just go to the behold webpage where the show notes are at vpc.online slash behold. And there's a button right there. You can email us. And honestly, I would say uh, even if you have concerns with teachings within the church, send those for sure, but send those instead to elders at vbc.online.
1: For sure. Yeah. And we just want—that's—the that's whole keeping our eyes peeled to protect each other from false teachers, wouldn't you say, Tim— That's a lot of what the elders are doing, but also it's a, it's a, it's a flock wide kind of thing, right? Like, absolutely. Yeah. We all, we all, uh, even um, when Jay Warner Wallace came and did that conference for us, uh, um, forensic faith conference, he talked about the idea of sheepdogs, right? Do you remember that? I do. Yeah. He said, he said, so, you know, we have, we had Jesus is our, is our chief shepherd. And then the elders are uh, under shepherds that, you know, they've been identified by the Holy spirit to, to care for and protect the church, and to teach the word of God and and to, to be prayerful over the flock. But but he, he also talked about um, we as sheep can become sheepdogs. And what a sheepdog does is it helps the shepherd and helps the under shepherds look out for what might be coming in to the church to derail us, to deceive us, to um, take us off mission. And so that's something that we want to encourage our beholders to do, and all of our church family people to do, is just be on the gu- on on the guard, be on the lookout, be on guard, and and if you come across something, send it our way because, um, you know, you never know how God might might use that to help us stay on track.
2: Right on. You know, there's there's a couple things that that kind of mind when you say that, and and it kind of ties into to Charlie's summary points. We want to be people. I want to be a man who obeys consistently but risks courageously. Mm. You know, I want to obey consistently and risk courageously for the glory of God and the benefit of one another. And if we can do that, man, the, 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 the potential of our influence, of, of the advancement of God's kingdom, is, is limitless. So just grateful for, for that reminder. Cool.
1: Thanks, Tim.
0: Okay. Thank you, Tim. Um, as always, man, thank you for spending your time with us listener that you, you chose to uh, spend whatever you're doing, driving, cooking, cleaning, whatever. Uh, we're just grateful to be able to do this with you and together, uh, just work to, to better behold Christ in our lives. Um, even in the midst of some crazy, crazy times, uh, man, we love you guys. We're praying for you as always. Just another quick reminder: if you have prayer requests, please send them in to us. Go to the website. There's a button there you can hit. As as elders and staff, we're committed to be praying for you constantly. So, yeah, let us know what those things are, and we uh, we meet every week to do that. So we'd love and to. Don't
2: forget about elder house calls. Elders at VBC online. We would love to come to your home. And go to your backyard, pray on the sidewalk, doesn't matter, but we would love to, to come as elders to pray with you and for you.
1: Sign me up for that. I'll take some of that.
0: If I sign up, are you going to kiss me, Tim?
1: <laughs> Puck her up. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for tuning
0: in. Uh, we'll catch you guys next week. All right. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you'd like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.